0: that we've heard there's language in this psalm which we're used to hearing by this point you can see it even in, in verse one David cries to God for help hear a just cause O Lord attend to my cry give ear to my prayer that's the sort of thing we've seen David say before we've, we've seen it in the previous psalms David gets into trouble. He he gets into a time of need. We don't know exactly what it is in Psalm 17. But it's clear that David is once again calling to God to save him from his enemies. If we look at verses 9 to 12, we see a description of David's enemies. Wicked, oppressive people. They are deadly. They are surrounding David They're waiting to pounce on him, like a hungry lion to pounce upon its prey and devour it. David feels vulnerable, he feels weak, he feels helpless. Well, if we saw a a group of hungry lions surrounding their prey, well we wouldn't give the prey much of a chance. David is facing certain destruction. And it's in this moment that he cries out to the Lord. In the moment when he's most vulnerable, when he's he's most scared, when he's in the most danger, that's when he turns to God in prayer and cries out for God to deliver his life. I wonder if you've ever been in that place. Have you ever felt in danger? Have you ever felt in distress? Have you ever felt helpless and vulnerable in a place where you can do nothing else but cry out to God in prayer? I was watching the news this week and I, I heard a, a, a group of people, a, a husband and wife, describing a moment where they were, they were out on a beach near Liverpool and between the, the sand and the sea, there are mud flats and these people had wandered out and they got stuck in the mud. And they were sinking down into the mud. And this lady said on the news, she said, we prayed for a miracle. We prayed for a miracle. And in God's providence, the RNLI were able to provide assistance in their Land Rover. They were able to come over and and help these people out of the mud. The people were saved. They survived to speak about it on TV. But isn't it interesting? In that moment of distress and danger... We prayed for a miracle. I'm sure there have been many people in Afghanistan over the past couple of weeks who have turned to God in prayer. People who have felt helpless. That desperate need to, to cry out for God to save them. I hope that you've been praying for the situation in Afghanistan. We'll be praying for it later in our prayers of intercession isn't it often the case that for us it, it takes us to get to the end of ourselves to the place where we can no longer help where we can no longer save ourselves it takes us to get to there when we're utterly and totally surrounded before we cry out to God for help and I think there's an important question in that for us it's addressed by this psalm In those moments, in those moments of crisis, why should God listen to our prayers? Why would God listen to us? What right does David or any of us have to pray to God? We need to remember that we are dust of the ground. That's what mankind is. We were made from the dust of the ground. Not only that, we... We have sinned against God. We've ignored his word, haven't we? We've broken his commandments in our lives. Who do we think we are that we can call out to God in times of need? Why will God listen to us? Well, in this psalm, David thinks that God should listen to him. You see, verse six, I have called upon you for you will hear me. David is sure that God will hear him. Why is it that David is so sure? I think Psalm 17 answers the question for us. It's a fairly long psalm. Having a structure might be helpful. I have three points for us. David thinks that God should hear his prayer because David is the right heart. David is the right person. And David has the right desires. The right heart, the right person the right desires. Let's begin with verses one to five, where David claims God should hear his prayer because he has the right heart. Throughout these verses, David makes his appeal to God on the basis that he has a clean heart. His claim is is not that, sorry. His claim is that God should hear his prayer because he does not have deceitful lips. David has done nothing wrong. He has not walked in the paths of the destroyer. He's purposed that his mouth shall not transgress. He even goes so far as to say that God has tested his heart and found nothing. David cannot be accused of any wrong. God should hear David's prayer because his heart is sinless. I think we need to examine that a wee bit. Was David sinless? We know that he wasn't. We know that he wasn't free from sin altogether. We could read the rest of the Psalms. We would find that out very quickly. You could read the books of First and Second Samuel and David's life story. Again, you would see David was a sinner. David, like us, is filled with sin. So David is not claiming perfection in this Psalm. But what he is claiming is that in this case, for the instance, whatever it was of Psalm 17, well, he's innocent of that. Whatever it is his enemies are accusing him of, he's innocent this time. And so his prayer for help and rescue, well, that's a pure prayer. It's one that's offered with a right heart. I think this applies to us. I want you to think about the last time that you prayed to God in desperation. The last time that you prayed for God to help you. Think about the reason for your prayer. Was it simply that you would get out of a sticky situation? Or was it that you would grow in holiness and in godliness through the situation? Was your prayer centered upon God's glory? or your own prosperity. In other words, isn't it possible that at times we pray selfish prayers? Prayers for our lives to be easier and more manageable. Prayers that don't give thought to the glory of God, that don't give thought to our own growth and godliness, that don't give thought to the growth of other people. You know, it's always possible That we can pray for God to help us. And the way that God helps us. Is by placing us in trouble. By putting us into hardships. Because through difficulty. We grow and develop in our Christian faith. Just like the athletes who have been competing in the Paralympics or the Olympics. They go through pain in their training. So that they can be stronger for the race. It's not always the case but. Sometimes God allows us to go through difficulty so that we can grow stronger. And so praying to God for help will only increase the difficulty. So when we come to God in prayer, and if we want God to hear our prayers like David, we need to think about what we pray for. We shouldn't pray for our own sake. We should pray for God's glory. In that way, at least for that prayer, we can say it's a pure prayer. We're praying with a right heart. Verse 5 helps us realise this truth. Look at verse 5. David recognises his own flaws. He realises that he won't always be innocent. He can't always claim innocence. He concludes this part of the prayer by asking God to help him stay on the straight and narrow Uphold my steps in your paths that my footsteps may not slip. David knows he is innocent in this case. But he also knows that it would be very easy for him to slide into sin once again. His cry for help is really a cry that God would keep him innocent. That God would keep his feet on those paths of righteousness. That he will be able to acknowledge God in all of his ways. That God would direct his footsteps. We pray that don't we when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Isn't that our prayer? So if we want our prayers to be heard by God. We should be offering prayers that are in accordance with his will for our lives. And we only know what God's will is for our lives when we read the Bible. In the Bible God tells us. What he desires for us. What he wants for us as his people. In this case, David's prayer is that he wouldn't stray into sin. We can take that prayer and we can pray it for our own personal circumstances. Perhaps you've just got results from exams. Maybe they were really good. Couldn't you pray that you wouldn't be led into pride, but instead be made humble? Perhaps you got exam results that weren't good. Perhaps you're worried. Perhaps there are people in this room who who maybe are long past doing any exams, but there's something coming up in your life and you're worried about it. You're worried about what lies around the corner. You're worried about... About the next phase of your life. Maybe there's a new job coming up. And you're wondering if you should apply for it. Maybe you have applied and you didn't get it. You can be disappointed about that. But you can still pray that God will be glorified through you. That wherever you end up. Wherever you are. Whatever's in store for you. Whatever it is that's around the corner. That through that thing, God would lead you to grow in grace. To grow in holiness. That God would, would enable you to be an encouragement to those around you. That God would help you to, to glorify him by being a witness to those around you. Why should God hear your prayers? God should hear your prayers because they're offered with a right heart. A heart that seeks the glory of God above all else. But I also want us to notice in these verses that here's another time when we should think of the psalm on the lips of Jesus. This is a prayer that Jesus could have prayed. Jesus could have prayed this with all sincerity. Not only was he innocent in one specific case, Jesus was entirely innocent. He didn't sin. He didn't transgress with his mouth. He was upright in heart. Not once did Jesus stray onto the path of the destroyer. And so you see, David is not only praying his own prayer here. David is is praying prophetically as a prophet. And he's praying as the Messiah. As the, the king of God's people. God's covenant king. And that brings us to our next point. God should hear the prayers of David because they're offered by the right person. We see this in verses 6 to 8. There's lots of little clues in those verses. But basically David is claiming that he is part of God's covenant people. And not only is he a part of God's people, he's the covenant king who represents the people before God. He's claiming that God should hear, uh, sorry, if God should hear anybody's prayers, then it's David's prayers that God should hear. Because David is the right person. I think want you to look at verse 7. Verse 7 is the first of our clues. In the New King James Version, there's a word translated there as loving kindness. In other versions, it might be steadfast love. This is uh, translated from the Hebrew word hesed. And that word means love. But it's so much more than just love. It's God's covenant love. It's the love that God has promised for his people. And because it's a love that God has promised, it's a love that cannot be broken. David is claiming that God should hear his prayers because God has promised to hear the prayers of his people. God has always acted to rescue his people in the past. And so David is appealing to God's steadfast and covenant love. A love that cannot fail and a love that will not fail. Again, this is not a love that God shows to the whole world. It's a love that God has for his own people. His special and chosen people. The translation of verse 7, I don't think in the English, helps us understand this verse at all. In the Hebrew, the first word of verse 7 is the word separate. Separate. So it literally should read, separate your loving kindness. And the word separate is David's way of making reference to what God did for his people in the past. How God treated his people differently and specially. It's a word used in the Old Testament for how the Hebrew people were separate from the Egyptians during the ten plagues. Do you remember in in Egypt how the Hebrews lived in the land of Goshen? And how during the plagues there were no flies in Goshen? There was no darkness in Goshen? God separated his people. He treated them differently differently. So David is making that point. He's, he's asking that God will hear his prayer because God has always heard the prayers of his people in the past and God has always acted to save his people in the past. God has shown his covenant love before. And so now as, as covenant king, David is saying to God, rescue me as you did before for your people. Again, verse 8 maybe gives us more of a clear picture. The, the, the Hebrew is, is a bit academic, but verse 8 puts it maybe more plainly for us in the English. In verse 8, David pleads for God to keep him as the apple of his eye, to hide him under the shadow of his wings. These are both references to the song that Moses sings in Exodus after the sorry after the exodus in Deuteronomy 32 again David is claiming that God should hear his prayer because that's what God does for those he loves it's what God does for his special people like you you and I know what it means to refer to somebody as the apple of your eye it means they're special it means you have You have a special affection for them and you treat them differently to other people. That's David's plea here. He's saying, God, you have always rescued your people. I've heard about the plagues. I've heard about the exodus. Do you remember that I am the king of your people? Look upon me with your love. Hear my prayer and rescue me. What can that possibly mean for us today? Well, friends, we should know that we are God's covenant people. We as the church are his people. And so we look back to what God has done in the past. We looked at the Exodus and how God rescued his people then. We look to the Psalms and see how God saved David time and time again. And we look to Jesus. in Jesus we see him as our covenant king going through death on our behalf. Rising up from the grave so that his people would not have to fear death. Ascending to the right hand of the Father and interceding for his people. So when we pray, if we want God to hear our prayers, we pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of God's covenant king. Praying in the name of Jesus isn't just a helpful wee sentence to bring our prayers to a conclusion. When we pray in Jesus' name, we're really saying to God that he should hear our prayers and he should answer them. Not because of us, not because of anything we've done, but because by trusting in Jesus We are part of his special covenant people. We are the apple of God's eye. We are under the shadow of his wings. We are the people that God has promised to love and care for. We're the ones that God has shown his loving kindness. But we are only those people because we're trusting in Jesus, because we're trusting in what he has done. He is our covenant king. David believed, and I think he was right to believe it, that his prayers should be heard by God because he was the right person. We don't have that claim. I am not the covenant king. You are not the covenant king. But when we pray in the name of Jesus, We are asking that God would hear our prayers because of who Jesus is. Not because of who we are. We are praying on the basis of what he has done to rescue us. We are praying based on the grace of God. And not based on our own merits or effort. As covenant king David was the right person. And he claimed that God should hear his prayers. And we know God hears our prayers when we pray them. Through the right person. And we pray them through Jesus Christ, our covenant king. And finally, then, David claims his prayers should be heard by God because he has the right desires. Another way to put that is that David's hope is in the right thing. In the last two verses of the psalm, David tells us what the difference is between him and his enemies. Look at verse 14. See how David speaks there about his enemies, men of the world, who have their portion in this life? Now, we might not necessarily feel very comfortable calling these people wicked or evil, but they are certainly people who do not have their hope in God. Their hope is in the things of this world. Their hope is in stuff. Their hope is in what they can acquire in this life. They want to get lots of possessions lots of money so they have something to pass on to their children and they're satisfied to do that they're satisfied to have children to pass their wealth on to now look we probably see that as a good thing we see it as good and honorable to acquire enough wealth in this world that we have something to pass on to our children and in one sense it's not a bad thing it's it's not a bad thing to want to leave your children with an inheritance David's making the point for us here that if that is all your hope, if that's all you live for, if that's your entire purpose in this life, that you want to make sure your children are comfortable with wealth, well then your desires are in the wrong thing. You're longing after the wrong thing. I don't know. I can't say But I assume there's some of it in our congregation. I know there's some of it in my heart. The desire to make sure that we have something to pass on to the children. Other than debt whenever we die. The worry to make enough money to be able to put some away for the children. I know it's a worry for me. God's word is telling us today that we shouldn't be satisfied with that. We shouldn't be working uh, just to, to have enough money and possessions at the end of our life to pass it on. That's the desire of a worldly person. That's the desire of David's enemies. And as such, it's the desire of the enemies of God. But David's desire is different. The desires of God's covenant people are different. Look at verse 15. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. Righteousness i shall be satisfied when i awake in your likeness david's desire is to know the righteousness of god his desire is to awake in god's likeness to to be made more and more like god that's david's desire it should be our desire too our desire should be that in this life and in the next that we're made more righteous like jesus To become more and more holy every day. So we awake every day more in the likeness of Christ. Not more and more wealthy. But more and more like Jesus. I think that should be our desire for our children as well. That they would grow in holiness. That they would grow into the image of Jesus Christ. The greatest inheritance we can pass on to our children. Is something that we pass on before we die. It's an inheritance our, our children can receive, not through our death, but through the death of Christ, our Christian faith. David's hope is not in the things of this world. His desire is not for wealth and possessions. His desire is to grow in the likeness of God and to know God's full righteousness. So when we pray, we can know that God hears our prayers because we're praying from a heart heart that desires to know God and to make him known we're praying our desires that are based in the hope of Christ that he is our righteousness and that one day we will be made like him in perfection and holiness God hears our prayers when they are not for the things of this world but they're for his kingdom when we pray Christ-centered prayers So why should God listen to our prayers? Why should God hear the prayers of people of the dust like us? Well, if we pray with the right heart, seeking God's glory above all else. God hears our prayers because we pray in the name of Jesus, the right person, as part of God's covenant people. We pray through Christ and we can know that we are the apple of God's eye we pray with the right desires the things that we long for and hope for are for God's kingdom to come we pray not for the things that the world desires but from a heart that desires to see God's righteousness desires to grow in his likeness both now and forever friends God does hear your prayers when you call upon him he will hear you he will incline his ear to your speech you pray with the right heart through the right person with the right desires because our God is good and he is gracious and he's made it possible for us to pray to him in Jesus Christ let's come before him now in prayer with the full confidence that he will hear us